Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Maybe Channel 4 will be commissioning us uh, us three for our own TV show, perhaps, soon. Shall we? What are we sure? What should we call it? Three Queens Go Baking or something. <laughs> well, hello and welcome back to the Bake Down podcast. I hope you've coped without us for a couple of weeks between the end of the 2021 series and these two wonderful festive and New Year specials that uh, we look forward to so much every year. As ever, I'm joined by Jane, Howard and Dan, and we hope you all had fantastic um, Christmas days. And uh, as you sat down, it's about eight o'clock here in England to watch the Bake Off. I I hope everyone felt suitably well fed and nourished and that they had enough to drink. And so too, this this wonderful show. But firstly, Dan, how have you been in in these recent weeks since we, we finished watching the 2021 series have you managed to befriend any more people from from the series well no no we were all i was chatting with a few of them when it was on but i'm uh no I, no i haven't i've got to be honest uh it's christmas is a busy time for us bakers isn't it so we sort of got got to head down we've been very busy teaching classes as you well know josh yeah no i'm looking forward to a little bit of respite after christmas um and it was uh really nice to enjoy the christmas special just sit back and relax well jane you of course for us predicted giuseppe from the very start, is there a, a flourishing friendship yet between the two of you? Because I had a message from him. Did he, you? He, he said, Josh, thank you for all your kind words and thank you for the podcast. I was following it avidly and I loved it. The combination of characters you guys have is just perfect. I must admit, I really have a soft spot for Dan and I love him, especially when he unleashes his bitchy side. <laughs> I can't believe it's already over and we have to wait nine months for another bake-off. Congratulations to Jane for picking me as a favourite. I was dying to tell her for lots of weeks. Giuseppe. There you go. He was dying to tell you, Jane. Oh, well, he is lovely, isn't he? He is is absolutely lovely. Um, 
Uh, no, we haven't really had a conversation. I did send him congratulations. The trouble is, once you've been uh, the winner of Bake Off, or even in the final, you get whisked off to do loads of exciting things. And following them all on Instagram, they have been doing the most exciting things, haven't they? So I forgive anybody for not responding to any of my messages. (laughs) 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 But it it would make my new year if somebody just said hello. But of course, they're the stars now, aren't they? I mean, we're a bunch of has-beens. Let's be fair. You no, know. no, I won't hear it. That Dan looked offended massively. That Howard, Howard didn't flinch. Dan, however, looked no, so offended. I don't. That's not offence. That's that's an agreement. I mean, <laughs> so I was on in 2018, and we're now, you know, moments away from 2022. It's sort of it's three and a half, four years, and I can't believe it's gone by that quickly. Every year that happens, the new group come in and and it's their time to enjoy uh, the spotlight a bit. It's nice to see them see them enjoying it, and we we all relate. We do. I was talking to somebody at the gym the other day, whose children love Bake Off, and she said, "Oh, she does. She doesn't. She doesn't remember you though." And I went, "Well, I'm not surprised. You know, six years ago, she was three when I was on, and I think that's the problem. You know, we." Certainly, you guys haven't changed at all. You look as young as you did when you were on your series. But the kids who are avid watchers, and actually some of the young mums as well, probably have forgotten us. I hate Mm. to say that, but we're probably forgotten. They remember Mary Berry, of course, and the wonderful Nadia, whose series has just just finished one a week or so ago. Yeah, but I'm afraid we we need to be out there doing something exciting. Uh, because we're forgotten now. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, Jane. I think uh, maybe Channel 4 will be commissioning us uh, us three for our own TV show perhaps soon. Shall we? What are we sure? What should we call it? Three Queens Go Baking or something. I mean, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> we have Giuseppe's Blessing, so surely that's good enough for Channel 4. <laughs> yeah, we've had two fat ladies and hairy bikers. Well, I'll do the hairy bit because at my age... All you middle-aged women know what I'm talking about. But uh, it could be fun, couldn't it? <laughs> what should we go how, on? You know, we drive a motorbike and sidecar. What should we do? Yeah, three hairy queens. I like that. Your beard's yeah. better than mine, Jane. <laughs> Howard, when was the last time you were you were recognised or stopped? I mean, I know we're, we're not all out and about quite at the same level we we were due to these these COVID times, but you've been stopped in the supermarket no. recently, Howard? Oh, actually, yes, I was recently. And it's awful, isn't it? Because when you've got masks on and sometimes I have to take my glasses off because my mask is, is making my glasses steam up, you, you don't feel like you're in your, you know, the appearance is the best that you would want it to be. And people still recognise me sometimes. But the, the, the one that really cut to the quick recently was I, I did a talk and a lady there said, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, she said, I, don't, I don't remember you. I, I stopped watching when it moved from the BBC. And it's like, oh, well, actually, that was my period. So that, oh. <laughs> I, I do get recognised sometimes, but sometimes I'm somewhere where I should be recognised. And people, you know, like you're in like a baking convention or something. And people are like, I'm a huge Bake Off fan. <laughs> like, Would you ever go on the show? And you're like, uh... <laughs> um, Dan, at that point, do you, do you mention your handshakes? You don't even just say I was on it. You start mentioning handshakes. 
no, 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 no. I don't do that. I don't do that in real. I this it's fun to be a little bit arrogant for for amusement's sake, but I don't do that in real life. That would be awful. Oh, it would, wouldn't it? Yes. Don't you remember me, darling? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> How many handshakes, Dan? I don't, I forget. It was so many. It's hard. Oh, it? to <laughs> exactly how many I got. I just got one. <laughs> And Howard? No handshakes. No, they did. They did. So before it we get before too much in, handshakes were given out. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, before before handshakes were given out, and before it moved over to Channel Four. <laughs> yeah. uh, which means two two stars from It's a Sin have more handshakes than the new Howard. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but deservedly so, I think. Yeah. Howard, we I'll come to a, a couple of emails potentially soon because there were, there were so many that came in. After we uh, finished recording, this came from Stephanie. Thank you so much for the podcast. I'm going to miss my Wednesday morning walks with you all chatting about the show. Although my neighbours probably think I'm a little crazy as I walk by laughing out loud at something you said, often Howard's harm. And if anyone is considering taking a bait with Ed in class, I couldn't recommend them more. It's like your own bake-off experience. It's funny, kind, a little hectic, and you get delicious results at the end. And the only downside is you have to do your washing up. Thank you again on the podcast. Are you sure you don't want to do some looking back on past seasons? We've had this before. I don't think we're going to, right? Well, I mean, Howard was so long ago now, as was Dan and Jane, that uh, no one remembers anyway, right? That's what we just established. Well, to be honest, I was kind of, you started, you guys started doing every episode from the year after I was on. And I'm kind of sad that you guys didn't do the the series that I was on because I wonder what you, you would have said about me, Jane, especially. Only lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan, we can record just a, a Dan special, maybe. Yeah, where we just go go through your sort of best best bits. Maybe you could give us the time codes from each episode. We could watch all your best bits and then reflect on them. Oh no, 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 no! I haven't. When when this, my season was on, I watched it a, quite a few times actually. But but I haven't watched it my season for a couple of years. I'm not I'm not quite that narcissistic. Give me time. I feel a bit worried now actually because at the time I was writing a weekly review for the Great British Chefs website. So, I, yes, so I, I need to have a look what I did say about you, Dan. <laughs> probably nothing. That you probably No, I did, I remember. <laughs> oh, D- Howard, you might have dug your own grave. As well. <laughs> I might have to go looking as we... I'm going on this. Google, right. <laughs> now, the, another question, this one came in from, from Kayla. Um, I love to watch Bake Off on Netflix here in Ohio. While watching Christmas Bake Offs, I wondered when are those holiday special shots? Is it actually around Christmas time, or do they make you wear Christmas sweaters in the summer? I love the podcast. Thank you for all your work. Well, Jane, you can tell us as a winner of a Christmas Bake Off. It's not filmed at Christmas. They just have to make it look like it, right? Yeah, they do. They just have to make it. I'm sure it's not a secret, really. If you looked around at the trees, the trees are always a giveaway. They they spray a lot of fake snow around and it feels really jolly. I must say there's a great Christmas atmosphere. No, but I don't know when they shot this last one. But of course, because they've got the tents set up wherever they are, they have to film it. Well, the tents are there. They're not going to put it up just for two episodes. So yeah, they'll 
fitted it in somewhere. We did ours in September and then went off to France to Candice's wedding, which was lovely. Yeah, they spray a lot of lot of fake snow about. And we had to sit around this uh, fire pit and we had blankets over our knees. And then when we'd finished doing whatever we were doing outside there, they came along with a bucket of water and chucked it over the logs. So it wasn't exactly as seasonal as it might have been. But it was jolly good. Oh, it's jolly good fun. But it doesn't really matter what time of the year they film it whether they film it at Christmas or in the summer or they just create the most wonderful Christmas atmosphere and make everybody feel very warm and fuzzy and festive inside so regardless of when they film it it's I think a brilliant and lovely thing to watch on Christmas day or new year whenever they're whichever one of the two festive episodes you're watching well actually I'm not 100% sure about the Christmas one but the new year one um this year John and Kim Joy from my season are on it and they had their picture taken with the finalists from this year so I think that they film it directly afterwards and I think there might be a bit of overlap in the hotels well there must be because they've met each other um so i think the people who are on the christmas special sometimes uh already know who know who won some people are more tight-lipped than others shall we say so um <laughs> but they didn't tell you then dan <laughs> well no but um i spoke to i've spoken to people other contestants and they said oh yeah i already know who won someone spoiled it for me already so uh, i'm not gonna name any names obviously We should talk about this episode, but before we do, Howard, do you want to just explain for some people who may not know about the hit and critically acclaimed TV show, It's a Sin? Because I suspect this might inspire some people to to go and watch it if they didn't catch it when it was on originally. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth watching. I think it was a a five-part miniseries written by Russell T. Davis. It charts the lives of a number of gay men moving to London. And I think it spans the period about from about 1981 to 91. So it's clearly within that AIDS uh, era. But yeah, it's a really, it's very uplifting in some parts. It's very, very sad in others. But it's a great, uh, it's a great series to watch. And, and Jane, you were saying you, you'd like to go and watch it, predominantly just so you can look at Nathaniel some more. <laughs> that sounds so wrong doesn't it Um, I I had heard about it uh, but we hadn't got around to watching it and I must admit after seeing the four of them on the show they have such a wonderful chemistry between them and look like such fun characters I can't wait to watch it actually so that's definitely going to be on my between Christmas and New Year watch list rather than watch The Sound of Music or Love Actually again. So, no, I, I loved them. I thought they were all wonderful and I'm definitely going to watch it. And I think Howard said that it's quite sad in places, but I would imagine it's also gives you a good laugh at times as well. So, no, definitely going to watch that. I don't know whether our listeners in the States can get it. I don't know whether it transfers over, but definitely if you're listening in the UK, do do give it a go because don't you just love those four they were fabulous now uh, dan i noted that ollie at the very start of the show said he would be flirting his way to star baker did you use a similar method uh, when you were approaching the tent oh god yeah I mean, everyone likes their ego stroke, don't they? So yeah, I've flirted with Paul. <laughs> you like, you, you, you got to take it out. <laughs> um, 
he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, no, yeah, of course you do. I think I just instinctively flirt with everybody, and sometimes people reel back in horror, but generally they're pretty receptive. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, well, Howard, a, a signature challenge here that was asking for a Christmas dinner, leftovers uh, pie. Is that something you can uh, relate to? Do you also reach for all the leftovers and find something to do with them and turn them into a pie? You know, I'm sort of in two minds about this. I mean, I love the idea of a pie at Christmas, so definitely on that. But leftovers, quite often, I find that I can't be bothered. So I'll just pick at what what I've done with the leftovers. So if I've got kind of stuffing balls or cold meat or things like that, just have it with a bit of pickle or something like that, rather than trying to come up with an additional dish. What? Um, yes. Judge, no, ju- that's what you do <laughs> on Boxing Day. What nonsense. <laughs> Who is this guy? No. Um... Already eaten all my leftovers. I've got nothing left to put in a pie. <laughs> you obviously don't cook enough stuff then, do you? Maybe, that's it, yes. I'm because it's it. probably just the two of us, or, or possibly, you know, with my mum at Christmas, then... I, I just make a judgment about how much we need. So I'm, I don't have a huge amount of leftovers. But yeah, l- I love the idea. I'm quite used to this because in our family, we cook a huge roast chicken every Sunday and then have a leftover pie like for, for dinner a couple of days later. So we do this all the time with the roast. So this is music to my ears. A lot of these challenges, I'm like, I could have done this. I wish they'd done this on my season. I wouldn't have had to prep much for this. Yeah, I love a leftover pie. Just make a quick roux. If you've got leftover gravy, I know, right? Um, then you sort of, you know, thin it down with the leftover gravy. It's full of so much flavour, so easy. Although I wouldn't do a double pastry shell. I'd just put a hat on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't bother lining a pie dish. So I assume they were required to do that because they all did it, didn't they? Yeah, I like a pie with a bottom, actually. I, I like, I love pastry. So mm. a good old base to the pies is more pastry, the better as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's a great one. How are you really missing out? We buy so much at Christmas. So it's only over the four of us now. We buy so much. We have a big ham and we have a big turkey and all the trimmings. And yeah, after about two days of cold meat, it's quite nice to stick it in a pie or a curry or a soup or a... My, my, my father used to make things like croquettas, which he called rissoles. But it, it, we make like the Spanish croquettas, really, and mix up a, a, a nice white sauce and put in your chopped, mashed up, bits of ham and meat and then cook my breadcrumbs and deep fry them so they're not calorific enough they're absolutely delicious with all the little bits and pieces that don't quite look good enough to stick on a plate loads of lovely things you could do a croquetta pie really couldn't you i suppose lovely challenge i thought this one was didn't they do well as well or almost all of them <laughs> jane who's appealed to you the most then out of out of the four? Oh well a good a quick question Quick question here. Now, you've got short crust, crust, mm. and you've got puff, and you've got rough puff. What's cheats puff? Isn't cheats puff, or is that the one that you just go buy it from the shop? Isn't uh, that rough puff? Or, I, think the, rough puff. I think they just said flaky pastry, and to me, that's just rough puff, right? Somebody mm. said, because I wrote it down, somebody said cheat, you could do it with cheats puff or rough puff. And I thought, what's really? it? Really? Cheats and rough. Anyway, that's. Um, I need to go back and watch it again. 
because I didn't know the difference between the two. Which one appealed to me the most? I think because it's the sort of flavours that I love, and I'm a little bit traditional in this, I, I liked Nathaniel's with the turkey and the pancetta and the wine and the tarragon. I thought that um, that really, really appealed to me, and I know the family would, would love that. But having said that, all or I didn't like the sound of Lydia's very much. What? But no, I didn't Haunted. like the idea of the the coconut cream and the turkey and the lemongrass. I didn't fancy that one. But Ollie's Ollie's sounded nice as well. The curried veg pie sounded lovely. Who have I missed? Sean's. Well, Sean's turkey and ham. Yeah, again, nice. But Nathaniel's, I think, came top of my list. You didn't like you like the sound of Lydia's. I love Thai food. I really love Thai food. And that sounded that sounded amazing to me. Um, the only one I didn't really like the sound of was Ollie's. And I hate to be one of these awful carnivores who's like, where's the meat? But uh, I just, to me, it's not, it's not, you know, obviously because Christmas is a turkey. It's sort of a left, a leftovers pie without the turkey seems a little bit empty to me. So I, I wasn't, but that's just me being an awful carnivore. So I'm sorry about that, Ollie. I know. Recently, you've been saying that on uh, Twitter, I think, that people took you to task over about, or was it a lasagna? A non <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, my kids, we gave my kids a vegan lasagna. Like, it was literally a couple of years ago now. And every time we say it's lasagna for dinner, they're like, with meat? Is it a meat one? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they were quite traumatised by that. We do try and give them vegetable dishes, but they do like their meat, bless them. Well, Howard, we had the Ollie's with his curry vegetable pie, Nathaniel going with more traditional, the, the turkey, the pancetta. Sean was seemingly trying to do his wife proud with his, this, uh, this, this turkey and ham. And he, he was trying to almost flirt with Paul by telling him one of the very few things he'd baked had been one of his pies. Yes, people do that, don't they? Oh, I've got your book. I've, I've used one of your recipes. and that. I did, There were a couple of people who did that um, in our year, I think. I don't think it cuts much with Paul, really. I suppose it massages his ego a little bit, but yeah. Do you get that with you, Howard? Do we get people coming to the, sometimes the online classes and telling you they've got your book or you meet people out on the <laughs> street and they they want to tell you they've made one of your recipes? Sometimes I did have a strange conversation with, with a lady a, a couple of years ago who said, oh, I do look with my mother and I read your book. Love the bit where you describe how to distress a banana. And it's, uh, <laughs> if, if a banana isn't quite ripe enough and you want to make it ripe, you know, in order to be able to put it into a, a banana muffin or a cake or something like that, you can pummel it about a bit in its skin. So sort of distress it that way. Not not sitting it in front of horror movies or anything like that. Just <laughs> pummel it. <laughs> but she'd, yeah, she'd obviously read the, the book quite avidly so she could quote from it. Which I thought was quite impressive. Wow. Oh, I'm impressed. Is that what you call a super fan, Howard? I think they, there's Howard Milton membership. <laughs> when it came to the uh, the feedback here, that there was, should we say, mixed feedback. But Nathaniel's handshake, Dan, was it was it deserved? Firstly, I thought his looked really nice. I mean, it, it looked lovely. I it looked a little. The pastry on top looked a little funny. To me, I'm not. Was that a flaky pastry he did? But it it was sort of nicely golden, but it was a bit puffy and uneven. But the pie held together beautifully. And for those of you uh, who don't make pies, it's very common that you cut into it and it all just sort of falls out. That a couple of them got that right was actually pretty impressive. I think that's something that people get wrong a lot. So um, yeah, no, I think you know 
in a regular season would have got a handshake? I don't know. But for the context of a celebrity special, that was pretty, pretty amazing, to be completely honest. That was a yeah. great pie. I mean, to have two handshakes in what felt like as many minutes, Jane, was was certainly impressive on a special episode like this. And Ollie's uh, handshake also worthy of it, Jane? Oh, I think so. I think he did a, a great job, didn't he? I wasn't quite sure about everybody chucking the decoration on at the last minute. But it, again, it held together beautifully. The flavours sounded lovely. No soggy bottom. I was... Very, very pleasantly surprised at how well these four celebrities did. Very often on these specials, you have complete novice bakers. And I think Lydia might have had less experience than the others. She got the feeling the other three had cooked quite a bit more. But didn't they all do brilliantly well? So, yeah, Ollie's Ollie's curried veg pie. And I've got a veggie boy coming for Christmas because my son's vegetarian. So I... I like the idea of this curried veg pie. My husband's a bit of a carnivore and will look for the meat, but the rest of us will be very happy to eat that, I think. Jane, before we move on, just a a word on Lydia. And she needed some help from Sean at one point. And, well, there's an argument to say it possibly looked a touch raw. Well, yes, I didn't think it looked baked at all. Uh, I'm sure it must have had some bake on it because they wouldn't have eaten it otherwise. But when she kept looking at it, going, oh, it's not cooking, it's not cooking, her light wasn't on in her oven. And I wonder whether her oven was actually on. And they, I'm sure they glossed over lots of stuff because it's Christmas and it's the celebrity special and all that sort of stuff. But I wonder if some at some point somebody came along and went, oh, Lydia, love you. Your oven's not on. That's why it's not baking. And we'll never know that one. But um, I think that could be why she had a problem with the bake because it looked really pale, didn't it? I think you're right. And I think the feedback on Sean's, Paul said... It's a bit pale, and I thought, yeah, but it's not as pale as Lydia's, is it? One other thing I did notice was uh, Paul took Sean to task rather for using a pair of scissors and uh, for sort of hacking at his his lumps of ham uh, while it was in the sauce. And this is something... So Nigella Lawson taught me this trick of using scissors. I think she used them to cut spring onions. And I remember, because I'm a little bit of a snob sometimes, when I first saw that, I thought, that's so improper, isn't it? But actually, I've come to quite love a pair of kitchen scissors and I will often get them in there and use them for various tasks. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I don't I don't know why he made such a fuss. Oh, I absolutely agree. I don't know why he made such a fuss, but it was something to talk about, wasn't it? I suppose what you do, you know, use scissors or take it out and chop it on a chopping board. It just means more washing up, doesn't it? So obviously Paul doesn't do his own washing up. <laughs> yeah. So we move on to talking about the technical challenge and uh, Dan I have seen you teach so many chocolate yule log classes Jane has done some too Howard I know you're no stranger to a chocolate yule log either they weren't given too much time for this were they Dan hour 15 is that is that long enough do you think well the filling was only whipped cream wasn't it yeah I think it was enough to I mean obviously look they're pushing them a little bit make good television but they do only need uh 10 minutes in the oven the sponges and I was actually really impressed at some of the good instincts I was expecting most of them to be wildly wrong because 10 minutes just seems like an unnaturally short bake time even even now after I've done it that much but they they looked pretty good there were a couple of crumbly looking yule logs 
but I think they were largely pretty pretty good. I think uh, they they did well. They did do pretty well, didn't they, Howard? We're looking for a, a light chocolate sponge. You've got to get your cream filling right. You've got to get the icing right. What do you think, Howard, was the most impressive of, of the four? Which was the most impressive? To be perfectly honest, I thought it was an odd thing to do in terms of the decoration, the little stockings on there. I thought on the exemplary one, it looked really pretty. But you don't actually hang stockings on a Yule log, do you? I thought there was something odd about the combination. If they'd been making little chocolate fireplaces or something like that, I could have understood the stockings. But to me, Yule logs tend to be mushrooms, robins, fir cones, things like that. But hey, yeah, Nathaniel's look really nice. I didn't actually see, did I miss this? Did I? Did we, anybody see anybody making that chocolate icing? I, I thought... No. no. Did they get uh, that in a bag or already? I did wonder whether it was already made. <laughs> I, I'm sure it wasn't, but no, I didn't see it either. It was just like, oh, where did that come from? But I think you're being a bit miserable about the Christmas. Sorry, I am. Let's be perfectly honest. You, can... <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's not get too stuck in our ways. I'm, I'm sure they were going for the rainbow effects which ties in with the series and so yeah no i just wanted a little row of robins each wearing a different rainbow scarf or something yeah like I, that. Know, I know what you mean though because nice. they just sort of like your log but make it gay and uh, yeah. just just put a rainbow <laughs> on it um but and but the thing is like or maybe it stands for the nhs who knows yeah like the thing is fondant i mean god love any one who who works well with fondant you know rosie who works with bake with the legend she does amazing things with fondant it looks beautiful but my god it is utterly inedible isn't it it's awful stuff i wouldn't uh, stick it on something so delicious as a yule log i would have i I was going to say do some tempered chocolate decorations or something but that might be a step too far for a celebrity one because that's i think so especially in Aaron Corsha. i think that would be yeah that, that would be mean that would be mean but yeah no it was very beautiful but maybe not the most delicious i was wondering if it was a shorter technical challenge do you think this was all possibly filmed in just one day? Or do you, do, did that cross your mind? You, you don't think it could have been, Jane? You're shaking your head. Well, I don't think so, just because the timings on it. I mean, what did we have? We had an hour and a quarter there. We had, what did we have for the first one? Two hours. Two. Yeah. Two hours and then three hours, for, because of my bits of paper all over the place. God, that would have been a very long day. No, yeah. I, I don't mm. think so, but I don't know why only an hour and a quarter. Just... You're pushing it for calling the sponge, to be honest, because if if it's a large large roll, the mini rolls they cool quite quickly, but the large ones do take a do take a minute to cool, and obviously you've got to fill them with fresh cream, which can can easily melt. And nobody's was beautifully cylindrical, was it? So uh, maybe the heat played a factor. They need to come to a class with you, Dan. Should we? Should we? You going to reach out to them on Instagram, Dan? Maybe we'll uh, squeeze them in. I criticise their rolling technique. I mean, yes, it's one of my gifts to the world. So, no, <laughs> although I felt bad because I think it was Lydia who rolled hers up beautifully and then just left it upside down. And I just thought, no, turn it over. You've got to have the loose end facing downwards. Hers would have stayed beautifully, I think, if she'd left it the right way up. She was told she needed a bit more booze, wasn't she? Uh, whereas Nathaniel, who, of course, won this technical challenge, was told that he had got the sort of right level of alcoholic kick, had a perfect sponge, and it was very neat. So, uh, yeah, Nathaniel, the, the rightful winner here in the technical challenge? Yeah, I yeah. think, I mean, Nathaniel did, did very well. I think he was had the more natural flair for baking, and I think that was absolutely deserved. I do feel a bit sorry for Lydia, though. 
I didn't think as as was that bad. I didn't think there was that much between all of them. To be honest, no. I think they all did a pretty good job. Yeah, I would, I would agree. They all seemed to, uh, they all seemed to know what ribbon stage was, or, or most of them. I thought they. You're right. You said one of you said you know the good instinctive bakers. I, I was really really impressed. Poor Lydia. She doesn't seem to mind. She seemed to be just having a brilliant time, didn't she? She smiled a lot. Don't you just love her? I did love them all. I thought that was a good challenge for them, to be perfectly honest. I'd just like them to have seen maybe have two hours for it. I did a class before Christmas. It was a Yule log class. And um, people kept wanting to see it rolled. So by the time you rolled it and unrolled it three or four times, it cools very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just praying it didn't crack. On to the showstopper then, Howard. This glorious Christmas tree that they were told to make in three hours and we saw you know lots of meringue here and, and different biscuit techniques what would you have done with this if you'd have had three hours to make this oh gosh i hope the common sense would have kicked in and i thought biscuits because prue in the introduction says biscuits bake a little quicker than meringue a little quicker it's like there's quite a big difference so i think choosing the biscuit route gives you a bit more time well, a lot more time actually to do construction and decoration and things like that. Meringues, you are in the kind of lap of the gods once you've got them in the oven, really. You feel similarly, Dan? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely agree. I think, you know, meringue seems easy on the surface of it because it's sort of two ingredients. But, yeah, they take an incredibly long time to cook. And if they're too marshmallow in the middle, they won't have the structure. So, yeah, I think it was an absolute absolute folly to go with the meringue obviously you can still get biscuits wrong as well but uh, you know but the ones who chose biscuit made it easier for themselves and certainly had an easier time of stacking i think james let's talk about nathaniel's first what did you make of his he went for an orange and cinnamon christmas tree oh, i think that's lovely it's nice to get away from the standard gingerbreads although prue described it as a very good ginger biscuit but so it probably had some of that but it it looks lovely, didn't it? So, I mean, and that just goes to reinforce what Dan and Howard said about how much easier it is to stack it. And it looks nice. So you can use a cutter or just go around with a sharp knife. I thought it was brilliant. And, and it, I wonder whether, as novice bakers, and I never know how this works for these celebrity specials, whether they came up with the recipes or they were given a choice. But I would certainly have gone the biscuit route and it's nice to ice them as well. Or you can put a royal icing on the top and then dry it out in the oven. I just think it's a brilliant way to go. And his looked very impressive. Although, and they didn't mention it, he didn't get his green icing all the way round, did he? He only had it on the bit that faced the judges. So I think he must have run out of time with the icing. But I loved the little reindeer. What a clever idea. Mm. Just melting it a bit and then sticking in your uh, bits of pretzel for the... For the antlers, I thought I'd, all in all, I thought it was a really good effort from Nathaniel. And quite honestly, I would have been very proud to have dished up something like that as well. So did a great job. He definitely did. And Nathaniel, I think, was really the star of the, of the episode. Howard, did you spot these, these caramel chocolates on pretzels, these little reindeers that he went for? Were they just Rolos, do you think, Howard? I know we've discussed chocolates here before. And if you were going to tell me that you haven't had a Rolo in 20 years, I was about to send you a massive package of them. I do quite like the idea of a Rolo with a pretzel as well, that sort of salty sweet yeah so I'd, I'd, I'd i've not had a roller with a pretzel so that is that is definitely on my new year 
resolution list. I'll have to see what Amazon's got in the way of Rolos <laughs> and uh, and pretzels and uh, find find a way to you. And uh, and Prue liked the the little reindeers, uh, di- didn't she? Um, Howard, what do you make of Lydia's? She went for this lemon sable biscuit, didn't she? Inspired by by her auntie. Yeah, and I, I was impressed as well because in the original description it says homemade cherry jam and I thought, oh, she's going to bung this out of a, you know, a jar that, that she's brought in with her and it was literally tent-made cherry jam. So impressive that she she did that. I thought the shape of it was was probably a little bit simplistic, you know, just cutting circles and piling them up. You get a better kind of impression if you do something that's a bit more angular, a bit more star-shaped. But yeah, it looks as if the flavours look really good. Lydia provided with my favourite moment of the whole episode, which is, you know, she was lifting her raw cookie dough on, on a cake lifter in a circle. And instead of sort of flipping it over onto the baking sheet, she just bashed it on the side and the whole thing <laughs> crumbled up like a wet cloth. And I just thought, oh, I just, I, I was actually wetting myself laughing. Um, I just I thought that was just my favourite moment. I don't know what she was thinking, but yeah, I love Lydia. She provided a lot of uh, light moments and she might not have been the best baker in the tent, but I think she left as my favourite, to be honest. <laughs> that was a wonderful moment. And there was another one, wasn't there, when Matt Lucas seemed to get mixed up as to what exactly she had in her oven. <laughs> what, what was it he said, Howard? He, was he referring to meringue and it wasn't actually meringue? Yeah, because she got these green discs in the oven that looked pretty flat and... Uh... Yeah, he described them as meringue, as you said, they're biscuits, aren't they? But, uh, oh, I think he knew. I think he was just, yeah, I think he knew. Let's move on to Sean's, Dan, if uh, if you want to just uh, give us your reflections on what he ended up with. I mean, in the feedback, he was told that he'd made a good pavlova. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's hey, there's nothing wrong with the pavlova, is there? So um, I think he did a good job. Um, I love the little Santa, the little strawberry Santas that he made. I thought those were really fun. They looked quite cute. It was a nice decoration. But yeah, stacking meringue, you're never going to be able to do a really tidy job of that. So yeah, what did he say? A bit of an eaten mess vibe. Was that was that what he said? Paul said as well. But um, yeah, maybe not to the cleanest uh, presentation, but delicious, you know. And I think at the end of the day, yes, it's nice to, obviously for the showstoppers, the presentation is really valued. But the most important thing is whether or not you want to eat it. And goodness, I would dig into a, to, to that. No problem. Lovely. Well, the feedback ultimately said it couldn't fault the flavour or his baking, but possibly could take issue with a little bit with how it looks. But Sean seemed uh, particularly chuffed with that level of feedback. Uh, finally, Jane, uh, reflects on Ollie's perhaps for us in terms of what he went for. I think he he described it himself as a very gay truth. Oh, I think, yes, I think he described described it correctly don't you I mean the fact that he had got 10 flavors of meringue oh my goodness me and 10 different colors and yeah very gay tree he described it color glitter all sorts yeah (laughs) what did I say about poor Ollie's I mean it's all been said about meringue but you have to remember I mean it sounds in principle it sounded brilliant, didn't it? Let's do sort of a rainbow of colours and flavours. But you have to remember that you have to eat it all together. And frankly, do I want to be eating mint with some of the other flavours? I love the Drunken Angel. It was great. Mm-hmm. But, and then a yoghurt and creme fraiche filling. I just, 
I applaud his over-the-topness. I mean, if you can't go mad at Christmas with decoration and flavours and everything, then when can you? However, I think he just needed to rein that back a bit to, to make it edible for me. Yeah, I think it was a nice idea in principle, but it's kind of, it, I imagine it was very much like eating an entire packet of Starburst at once. Just, yeah, obviously... Just because flavours work with other flavours doesn't mean they all work together. And I think once you start getting above three or even four flavours, you need to you need to watch out because it can go get interesting pretty quickly. But uh, I think luckily the predominant flavour was orange. So orange in there. Nice seasonal flavour. I loved it, and I th- I think you're right, Jane. It's just, sometimes it's just nice to go a bit over the top and 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 throw everything at it and just have fun with it and I think he definitely did that I think so I think we have to remember that these Christmas specials Christmas and New Year specials are very different from the series mm. and they're there to entertain and get into the spirit of the moment and have really good fun and Ollie certainly did that with his bake it certainly wasn't a winner as far as I was concerned but oh I cheered everything up didn't it not being too serious I'd go in and I'd be dead serious about it but I thought it was brilliant. I loved Dolly. He really made me smile. I thought he was an absolute joy, as were they all. But good for him doing an utterly over-the-top Christmas Christmas tree meringue. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the thing about the Christmas special, or certainly with certainly with a celebrity one, let's reserve judgment for now, is that it's just a bit of fun. It's just entertainment. It's just people enjoying themselves. There's no anxiety or jeopardy. It's just uh, for people to have a good time. Um, I don't know whether the specials with the ex-contestants are quite as laid back, because I think some of them are maybe looking for a little redemption. So I shall look forward to the New Year's special. But yeah, I really I really enjoyed this episode. It was just feel-good television, wasn't it? Yeah, it absolutely was. Love I loved every minute of it. It's such a joy to watch. Yes, thank you guys from It's a Sin. Um, I loved you all, actually, and I'm going to go off and watch the series. Well, Howard, it might have been a Christmas special, but we know what the adoring listeners are really here for. It's Howard's Hump, so I hope you found something even in the festive special. I did. I've been a bit grumpy all the way through, haven't I? So complaining about... About stockings on a Yule log and things like that and leftover pies. Oh, dear. So a couple of humps. Basically, I I was quite jealous of the effort that they had gone into making the tent look suitably wintry. So Jane mentioned about the fact that they'd sprayed everywhere with fake snow or a bit of frost or something like that. And they were, you know, going in and saying Merry Christmas to each other and all the decorations. I remember when I did a Christmas special, we were basically put in front of a wreath and said, could you shiver a bit? So when they're doing the interviews, so it looks a little bit bit wintry. So we did, they didn't go to anywhere near the, the effort that they've gone to now. But my main hump was revealed this week, or last week actually, by Matt from Chicago, who posted something on Instagram to say that He broke the news that Netflix is ditching the BBC Bake Off years from the 1st of January. So people in America will not be able to see us. So Jane and I are, and and the likes of us, are consigned to the Bake Off bread bin of history. Oh, Um, awful. This is a terrible bit of uh, news and a terrible way to get towards one of the end of our episodes. What it does mean now is, is people have five days now yes. to watch nothing but 
the BBC series of Bake Off. Basically, get through one series a day, pretty much, and they can relive all the wonderful glory. I mean, it must be available somewhere else, I assume. I, I can't imagine that we are so past ourselves by that somebody won't read life back into us and, and put us on some network somewhere. That's I'm wild. Watch everything yeah. again because I want to see your series again, Howard. I want to see yours again, Dan. And well, so Dan's is going to be there still. Dan's still still in the line. Oh, thank God! The most important one is still going to be there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if I couldn't see those handshakes again, it would have been an even worse day. I don't know how I'd have gone on with the rest of my day. Well, that's a, that's certainly a, a justifiable Howard hunt. Well, we, we come to Judge Jane, and perhaps it didn't need. Too much discussion in many ways this week, Jane. It seemed there was one obvious winner. Oh, I think, yes, I think there was no doubt at all, wasn't it? I tried to build up a bit of tension at the end. You know, is it is it Sean? Is it Nathaniel? But it was Nathaniel all the way, wasn't it? He did so well in the first handshake in the first challenge, first in the technical and a faultless showstopper. I think he was streets ahead of everybody else. And I was delighted to see it as well because I was very, very taken with Nathaniel. He's a very good looking boy. Isn't he handsome? Isn't he <laughs> handsome? <laughs> He's very handsome. And tall. And, and no, I thought he was absolutely lovely and a very, very worthy winner. Well, I just thought they all did well. Sean did brilliantly, didn't he? I must admit. Yes. Very, very well. I loved, I loved, I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about all of them. I loved them. I loved them. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. It is. It's so rare for a man to actually look good with a ponytail. So I thought he pulled that off admirably. Wouldn't you agree, Jane? I, I would agree. And he has got such a lovely smile as well. And how tall is he, by the way? He's, I, <laughs> I'm a bit of a fangirling here. <laughs> inappropriately. But no, they were all absolutely lovely. And he was a very, very, very worthy winner. Yeah, and I have to say though, I did I did like I really warmed to Sean. I, I wasn't familiar with him before the show, but he seems like a really lovely guy. So uh yeah, maybe I maybe I will watch the series. Well, I mean you could start a spin-off podcast where you review it's a sin and uh mm. do the reverse of this uh, effectively. Well, thank you all so much for joining once again. It's all of you who have been listening. We so appreciate it. For those of you that were given generous Christmas gifts and you're not sure if you were generous enough back the great thing about being able to buy a voucher is it is immediate and it can be sent to you you don't have to wait on the post so it can uh, it can get to you straight away I know many of you have been getting vouchers for friends and for family over this period and of course you would always be able to do that there are as ever a huge amount of online classes on sale at the moment so do head to bakewithlegend.com forward slash online classes if you use the code podcast you will get 10% off and we would of course dearly love to see many of you online we will be back in a matter of days won't we because we have a, a wonderful new year special to look forward to we have Kim Joy and John from series nine and there's Hameen and Rowan from series 11 who will be battling it out to be the new year special star baker well that's it thank you so much to dan to howard and to jane and we look forward to seeing you all very soon you just heard a stripped media production
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.